things changed um, since the surgery. You know, we were where we were at before that, and then he got the surgery, so everything went on hold. I expect him at some time, most likely to be traded, but uh, who knows? It's not a guarantee, and it's been exactly on hold when that happened, and when he's healthy, we'll see what happens. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Gold Standard Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, as always, and with me on Thursday, the man, the myth, the legend, Levin Black. What's up, Levin? I like the new intro. Keep up the compliments. Little Kyle Shanahan intro for you. We play that because there was, and I put this in a giant amount of air quotes, news about Jimmy Garoppolo that broke on Wednesday as we record this. We're going to get to that. Real quick, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about you calling me the man, the myth, the legend. Let's get to the important stuff here. I I must have blacked out for that part. (laughs) I don't even remember it. Is that a pun? No blacked out that's my last name i don't think of like <laughs> puns to make for your last name i know that might be difficult for you to ascertain but uh in all seriousness i am very glad you are here with me levin is sick right now so you're playing hurt but i'm, I'm glad you're fighting through yeah just call me jimmy garoppolo i will not do that in fact i don't even want to utter that can't name. trade me even if you wanted to <laughs> Uh, we'll get to all that. We're also going to get to the Niners signing a former first round pick. Uh, but before we get rolling, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. I always say if you leave a review, I will read it. Chase in Arizona gave us a five star review. Subject stats is the man. Thank you very much, Chase. Quote, I'm not sure why everyone gives stats a bad time in the reviews but I only listen to the podcast if I see his name listed. The five-minute morning shows are legit. Been listening for about eight months now, and the episodes are fun and informative. There's no pod crush here, but I'd grab a beer with him at a 49ers road game someday. Seems like a cool guy. Keep up the good work. Chase, thank you very much for the compliments. Maybe I'll get him to call us the show if you're not nicer to me, Levin. Well, you have your kids leaving reviews now, or what? (laughs) (laughs) That was a very nice review. I read the bad ones. I read the good ones. It's nice to get a good one every once in a while. All right. Let's get to the Jimmy Garoppolo story that has broken. And I feel like it's something that you and I continue to talk about in this Jimmy Garoppolo mess is that these national reporters, they're dumb. I don't know. I mean, they're doing favors, really. That's what it really is. They're doing favors. But they're just not being authentic with you. And they are certainly not covering the 49ers and the Jimmy Garoppolo saga with any degree of accuracy whatsoever. Here's Adam Schefter. Quote, 49ers officially have given Jimmy Garoppolo's agents, Don Yee and Carter Chow, got to name the agents, right? Very important. Given the agents permission to seek a trade, Garoppolo has been cleared to start practicing per team source. 49ers are still expected to exercise caution with him this summer. Oh, that sounds interesting. There's just one problem, Levin. That's not actually news in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I'm looking at an article from Matt Mayoko. Date, March 28th, 2022. Quote, the 49ers granted Garoppolo and his representation permission to seek a trade. The 49ers felt they were making good progress to find a new starting role for Garoppolo and get a nice return for his services. This isn't news. What the hell's going on? I think you have to kind of read between the lines. Who is Mayeko uh, well-connected to? The team, John Lynch, specifically. So his report is the team putting it out there that he can go find his own trade. 
the report from today, who is Adam Schefter close to? Well, he mentions them by name in his dang tweet. <laughs> it's close to agents. That's where Schefter gets most of his info. He, he might have some teams where he has a connection. I don't think he has one with the 49ers. Uh, so you have to wonder why the agents would want it out there now. And to me, I think that's because Jimmy's about to make a demand. They put it out there. They said, hey, Schefter, put this out there so that we can come and say in a week or a couple days maybe even, we exhausted all efforts. There is no trade partner out there. We are officially requesting our release so that Jimmy can get into another team at the start of camp and have a fair shot. I think that's what it's coming to. I think it's Jimmy's agents don't want him sitting and being held ransom by the 49ers through training camp where the 49ers are basically hoping some team has an injury and gets desperate and the team can then drop him just before the season starts and before his base salary would become guaranteed because it doesn't become guaranteed until the first day of regular season, which is like what the Monday or Tuesday prior to the first games of the actual regular season. So they can keep him that long without actually owing him or costing themselves any money when they go to release him later. So I think the Niners, that's their plan. We're going to hold them and hope something comes up. And if not, we'll release them when we have to release them. Whereas the Jimmy camp is saying, hell no, we want a fair shot at making a team and earning a starting gig. We're going to ask for our release. So they're getting out ahead of that with this report so they can come back and say, there's no trade partners out there. The 49ers need to do right. They said they were going to do right by our client, Jimmy Garoppolo, and the right thing is to release him because there is no trade partner out there. It's just so absurd that this is treated like an actual news story. And, and you've got all these national people now chiming in. I don't know what they've been paying attention to all offseason. Clearly not the 49ers. If you've been listening to this show or following Niners Nation, any of the shows we have here, you know what's actually going on because nobody covers this team better than us. They're all saying, well, the 49ers are going to have to eat some money if they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not going to eat any money. The only reason for the 49ers to eat any money is to acquire a high draft pick and maybe a first or a second round pick. I'm sure the Niners might eat some money for that. Otherwise, they're not going to eat any money. He's got no guaranteed money left in his deal. So they would just cut him and get all of the money back. They're not going to pay five, ten million dollars like people are saying to get a fifth round draft pick. But again, these people just treetop in. They don't really know any of the details as to what's going on. And they say stupid things. So David Lombardi actually tweeted out something that we've been saying on the show. The, and that is, there's a difference between the Baker situation and the Jimmy situation. The Baker situation was a fifth-year option where the money is fully guaranteed. They had no ability to get out of any of the money they owed Baker. Releasing them would save them zero money. So in that situation, the trade to Carolina, it made sense for Cleveland to be willing to eat some of the money because they're still going to save money that they otherwise wouldn't be able to save even through releasing him. Whereas the Jimmy situation is they can release him and get nearly all that money back. I think it's what, $24.2 million they can get back if they release him. So they have zero incentive to eat any money because they can release him and get all that money. So it becomes a question of how much is a draft pick worth? Is a fifth round pick worth 
a million dollars in cap space. Maybe two million. Eh, you get into the spot where I'm saying no. You know, three million. Heck no. It, it that's the situation, and it's different. And the national media is just ignoring it because they need sensationalism to keep viewers because they got to go 24 hour news cycle. But like we, we've already laid it out here on the show weeks ago that it's different than the Baker situation. And anybody out there saying the Niners are going to have to eat money should just shut the hell up because they're not being truthful or they're being incredibly stupid either way. It's, it's pathetic. Honestly, some of the things I've seen out there, it's out of control. You know, there is real pressure on insiders. I remember back when I was at ESPN and this is when Twitter was first starting to get going, talking to an insider. It wasn't a football insider. It was a baseball insider. I don't want to say his name, but he said all the insiders hate Twitter because what it essentially is for your employer is like a record of who broke what story when it's like the ultimate scoreboard. Who broke what story when? How many stories have you broken in the past two weeks, month, three weeks? There's real pressure on insiders to continue to break news. And this is the last week, basically, before training camp starts. They've already kind of exhausted all their stories, right? All their cards. So what do they do? They fall back on the one kind of big story that hasn't happened yet, really, which is the Jimmy Garoppolo resolution. Adam Schefter does a favor to Garoppolo's agents again and throws this out there and just, you know, gets the whole news cycle churning again. And it's just, it's a real thing for insiders. They, they need to generate content too. I know people like to, to, you know, rag on bloggers, quote unquote, and aggregators like Niners Nation and say that we don't generate any original content. And so, you know, we just come up with something. No, no, no. This is, this is the nothing burger from Adam Schefter here. That's all it is. To me, what it means is nobody wants Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You don't you don't throw this out there again because things are going great and a deal is imminent, right? There's you throw that out there again if you're Jimmy's team because one, you want to try and get people talking about it again and drive up interest again, or two, like you said earlier, Eleven, you are greasing the wheels for a request of some sort for from your side, like you said, the request to be released. So I, while we're on this topic, I want to be fair here. You know, you call them whatever you want, aggregators, bloggers, whatever. The people that are here and concentrate specifically on the 49ers like you and me, you know, there's a lot of us out there. I'll just say it. Shame on you if you responded to this Schefter thing and retweeted it like it was actual news. You know dang well what you're doing. You're just trying to get clicks like everybody else. And you're acting like, oh, my God, it's happening. Trey Lance season. Yeah. I, I saw some people going, oh, this means it's definitely Trey Lance. We've done that. Like, get out of here. I, I hate fakeness. Hate it. And some of them out there did that. And shame on you if you did that. I know you're trying to just get clicks. And, you know, yes, it, it does affect your pocketbook in a meaningful way. Whereas for Schefter, not really. Uh, but I, I, I can't stand fakeness. Like, be better than that call him out when he tweets something stupid like this. Don't sit there and celebrate it like it's actually news. Right. That's what we try and do here, especially on this show. I think we try and do it at Niners Nation in general, but on this show specifically, we try to read between the lines for you and call out bullshit when we see it. And this is bullshit. Clear. No doubt about it. I will say, Levin, that this being out there again almost is like a pub, like one of the few public sh 
uh, shows of support for Trey Lance, I feel like, right? Because at this point, even though I always thought the conversation was dumb, you can't now have national reporters saying like, well, maybe they'll keep Jimmy Garoppolo. They haven't traded. Like, no, no. The story is that the 49ers have given Garoppolo permission to seek a trade. So what you can infer then from that, from to, to shut up all this narrative about Jimmy still being there is, well, people can't say that the Niners want to keep him now because they're giving him permission to seek a trade. Not only that, but they gave him permission to not show up to mandatory mm-hmm. offseason camp. So uh, they've not only said, go find a trade. They said, stay the hell away from us. Right. And that's I think that was part of this, too, which is which is why it was part of the Rappaport thing from Tuesday, which just makes this whole thing hilarious. Right. Rappaport, I feel like, got the opportunity to do the favor first and he screwed it up. And, you know, he screwed it up because he had to come back today on Wednesday and, quote unquote, clarify his report. And he must not have done a good enough job because hours later, Schefter drops this tweet. So it was like Rap Sheet got the opportunity to do it first. Didn't do it right, so then they had to get Schefter to come and clean it up. But I agree. I think that's what this is, too. It's Jimmy's not going to be at training camp. We don't want Jimmy at training camp, and we're providing him a little bit of cover to be away from training camp because he's not going to be, quote-unquote, fully cleared until August, even though Schefter says he's cleared to start practicing. <laughs> what? Where are we with this thing? Uh, not where I want to be. <laughs> I want to be done with it. I want to move on. I'm ready for this Niners team and not this Jimmy crap. But uh, speaking of not doing things right, uh, sounds like you need to change a uh, fire alarm battery there, Rob. I heard it. I heard a chirp. Really? The unmistakable chirp while you were talking of a fire alarm battery needing changed. All right. Well, that's terrible (laughs) because I didn't hear it. And obviously a lot more serious for me than it is for you. I hate that damn chirp, man. That's uh, that's what this story has been like. Honestly, like that's kind of the perfect analogy. You're going along your day, and just when you think like you're good with the battery and everything's good, boop, and it just nags at you. The the sound just cuts through anything else happening and goes right into your brain. You know, I had this whole analogy prepared for the show before any of this stuff happened. I was in the shower this morning thinking about what we were going to talk about. And the analogy that I was going to say, you know, everybody likes to call Dante Johnson the barnacle, which is perfect. It's perfectly fitting for him. This Jimmy Garoppolo story is like a tapeworm because a tapeworm eats all your food before it gets to your digestive tract, right? That's that's what they do. This Jimmy Garoppolo story has been like that because all the national media and analysts come in and when they talk about the 49ers, it's all they can talk about. They don't get to the fact that the defense is probably going to be better this year with a much better secondary and Nick Bosa not having to spend an offseason rehabbing his knee plus whatever we get from Drake Jackson. The fact that all the skill players for the 49ers are coming back. The fact that Trey Lance is going to be the new starting quarterback and what that offense might look like and the different wrinkles that Jimmy Garoppolo can do. All the pieces the Rams lost this offseason, which they've lost quite a few. Even though they've added some, they've lost quite a few. Like nobody talks about any of that stuff because whenever they talk about the 49ers, all they do is focus on the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. I want that. Get rid of that damn tapeworm, man. I want the actual conversation to be about the actual strength and, and details of the team. You know, damn well what the conversation is going to be if the Niners hit the ground running and win some games, right? 
Oh, it's going to be Trey Lance. Who saw this coming? Nobody could have seen this coming. That's going to be what the national media reports. Who could have seen this coming? Nobody, because the only other alternative is saying that, well, everybody should have seen this coming. And if that's true, then we're freaking idiots because all offseason we sat here saying how he sucks. You know, the, the Robert Turbins of the world, or I don't even want to think about all the other people that have been saying that Trey Lance isn't it. It, despite having no evidence whatsoever and the team and players saying otherwise. So they're <laughs> going to have to save face by saying, well, nobody could have seen this coming. It was impossible. Nobody knew this was what he was going to be. Nope. I know exactly what it's going to be because, and Jason Aponte talked about this on a way there. Everybody wants to be right without actually getting it right. So in order to make themselves actually correct, instead of just saying that they were wrong, what they're going to say is Trey Lance improved so much from year one to year two that year sitting out and learning behind Jimmy Garoppolo helped him so much. It was so smart by the 49ers. He could never have started year one. Now he's learned how to throw a football 11. He's done everything. He's so much better now because he sat. So I wasn't wrong back then when I said he was terrible. It's just that now that he sat, he's so much better and see, I'm still right. That's exactly what the narrative is going to be. I, you can book it. Like, you can find a tweet in the future, I promise you. Anybody saying either one of those scenarios can get fucked. <laughs> that's, that, that's it. Like, I'm done with You got to do that when I'm drinking, man? Come on. Yeah, yeah. That, that That's my true honest take. Anybody that comes out saying that crap during this season, you, I said it once, I won't repeat it, so you don't have to bleep again. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would tell them that to your face, to their face, if they come out saying whether it's my scenario or a Ponte's either one, you know, I think a Ponte's is very possible. I uh, would not be shocked at all. And if that's the case, then it, it's just somebody spewing bullshit. And I, I wish people like that weren't the ones that were given the microphone on air. I wish there was more true analytical people, people that had a backbone, people who would be honest and say what they truly thought and then come back and say, Hey, I was wrong. I miss the John Clayton's of the world. That's the people I liked when I watched. And I honestly stopped watching places like ESPN when he got phased out. I think we all miss John Clayton rest in power. Love that man. He was awesome. Um, but I agree. I just, people have microphones, not based on the quality of what they say. It's a lot of times based on their career, who they are, who they know, and you what don't they're willing to say right i and would you... say is a big part of it are you willing to say controversial stuff and deal with the blowback cool then we'll hire you because if you say controversial stuff people will tune in that's why all of your main uh daily every day of the week talkers that everybody knows and speaks about are shock jocks they, they sit and talk about it your cowherds of the world uh your uh, Bayless's of the world, your uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I got Clayton stuck in my head now. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, the Stephen A. Smith, who, by the way, Stephen A. Smith actually started out as kind of like an analytical basketball guy. I remember his early days at ESPN. He actually brought good stuff to the table and he wasn't controversial. The problem was, is because he wasn't, he got pushed to the sidelines and was almost being phased out of ESPN. And then suddenly he gets the daily show with Bayless and he's willing to say anything and everything that's controversial. And now he's their biggest figurehead. It's ridiculous. I hate that crap. Yes. Yeah, well, Stephen A. Smith, the reason he was good on basketball is because he covered the sport for years. He was a basketball insider. He had great sources. He was in it. 
And then he started talking about all sports. And he said, I can't remember this specific team, but he once said on the air on ESPN that a team should have tried a game winning field goal. Cause if they missed it, they could just line up again on fourth down and kick it again. So that tells you all you need to know about what Stephen A. Smith knows about sports outside of basketball. Now, again, maybe since then he's studied up. Everybody's capable of doing that. But uh, again, just I want to be like that. Because when he said that, it had been years that he had been weighing in on NFL stuff. So I don't care if he studied up now. Too little, too late. Right. Like that occurred. And I'm not a jerk for bringing it up. He said it on the air. I mean, I'm not I'm not making it up. But uh, yeah. So again. This whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing is just so bizarre, and I just want to get off the merry-go-round. And you're right, Levin. I think that in a couple days or a week or whatever, we'll see that the team is officially requested, or that Jimmy's team has officially requested his release, which will be a little bit interesting because the 49ers have kind of spoken out of both sides of their mouth here. One, before the season ended, or at the, I should say, the farewell press conference, they, you know, the talk was, oh, they're, they're going to do right by Jimmy. You know, they're going to take into account Jim. They're going to, you know, they're going to take care of Jimmy. But also Lynch and Shanahan are both on record as saying, hey, we're not just going to give Jimmy Garoppolo away. So I, I don't know how they, they can't be true to both of those things at the same time. So it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens if right. we do get word that they've officially requested a release. There is one wrinkle here that could come into play because you wouldn't be wrong if your initial thought is, well, why would the Niners have to do that? They don't have to do anything that he wants. Well, there are certain things that Jimmy can force, and the big one I think he can force at this point is reporting to camp because they can't tell. You're not allowed to tell a player to <laughs> go away. Come. Don't come. Right. They are Teams have tried that in the past, and the Players Association gets involved. You have to let a player come to practice if they're – under contract and capable of practicing. So Jimmy can say, all right, if you're not going to release me, I'm showing up to camp and trying to earn that job, which means, oh, well, that's not going to be good for the locker room. And if you're the Niners, you can't allow that to happen. And Jimmy has to know that. Jimmy's camp has to know that. If Jimmy's camp goes public with a release demand or we will show up to camp, the Niners have to release him. If they allow him to show up to camp, once again, Whoever's in control of that final say, Jed York should be stepping in and saying, nah, we're not doing this. Jimmy's not showing up to camp and pull the trigger on it. Right. And I don't think they would because if he gets hurt at camp, then they got to pay him. And they obviously don't want that. But you're right. That would be the scenario that could have very well happened last year if Kyle had come out and said, like, hey, it's either Trey's going to be the starter or it's an open competition you would have had the whole split locker room scenario that we've been talking about, right? You would have had the people that were loyal to Jimmy because of how far the team has gotten with him at quarterback. And you would have had the other side, like the people like Brandon Ayuk, who've been working with Trey, who have seen him, seen the ability and love him. That was sort of the scenario that was avoided last year. I think in part because Kyle stopped using Trey Lance early in the season. Like, do people remember the first time the 49ers got in the red zone last year, the very first time, week one, Trey Lance is in there and throws the first touchdown of the season. By the way, and Kyle Shanahan knew full well that his finger was busted. It was all jacked up. He still put him in there. He still threw a touchdown. Week three against the Packers, 49ers are getting beat 17 to nothing right before halftime. Fourth down, time for one more play. Kyle yanks Jimmy Garoppolo, 
puts in Trey Lance again with a busted finger. He gets the snap, runs it into the end zone for a touchdown. Like that was a real thing. Veterans went to Kyle Shanahan and said, we don't like this. You're undermining Jimmy Garoppolo. They stopped using Trey Lance. So they put Shame the on you, veterans. Yeah, that is kind of a joke. I agree with you. I mean, because remember, Mark Sanchez. We're boys. Like, be professional. It's what's best for the team, not somebody's feelings and undermining some other person. Mark Sanchez was caught. I think it was that Lions game, if I remember. One of the games where Garoppolo got pulled for Trey and Trey scored. And then Mark Sanchez is like, hey, that's really tough for a starting quarterback. Like, that's got to be a rough thing where you drive all the way down the field and they pull you out. Credit to Jimmy Garoppolo for being the ultimate pro right now because those aren't easy hugs to give. He goes in, Trey Lance goes in and scores the first touchdown, throws a touchdown before you do. Man, uh, like I said, credit to Jimmy for, for handling this the right way, saying and doing all the right things, but that's an uncomfortable hug, I'll tell you that. Remember they asked Jimmy Garoppolo up about it, and he was basically like, yeah, it was a tough thing. He's not wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> he just, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it is what it is type of situation. You know, it's uh, one of those, we had a good drive, marched it down there, uh, Kyle called the package and, you know, he's the head coach. So whatever he calls goes. So yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is, you know? And then all of a sudden that stopped. Jimmy started talking about all the support he has inside the locker room. And then whoop, we didn't see Trey Lance until we had to see Trey Lance when Jimmy got hurt. And so that whole disaster scenario of the split locker room was avoided. And maybe that's why Kyle did it. But if team Jimmy did request his release this year, and then the 49ers were stubborn and said, we're not going to do it. And then Jimmy showed up. That's essentially what you would have for a little while. But again, I don't think the Niners are going to do that because if Jimmy got hurt, they would have to pay him. And that's not something they want to do. Not something they can do, frankly, if they want to get extensions with Debo and Bosa. Yeah, that, that would be a true nightmare. If Jimmy shows up and gets hurt and now you're stuck with him and it destroys a Debo extension, which to me seems pretty clear that's what they're waiting on now. With Debo being in San Francisco, you know, that whole video from yesterday talking about how he's he's going to get paid. They got to be waiting on this Jimmy thing before they can afford it. I know that Debo has like a camp, a football camp in the area, too. So that could be part of the reason he's back. But like training camp is starting and he's not going to hold out because it costs too much money. So if anything, he's going to hold in. But the Niners don't want Debo Samuel to hold it. Like training camp is important. Like it, it matters, people. The 49ers are going to have a new quarterback this year. They want Debo Samuel in camp for every single practice to get as many reps as possible with Trey, in part because remember, Debo does his own thing in the offseason. Debo was not there working out with Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk and, and any of the other receivers that were down there. So he needs reps with Trey. So they want to get him signed. They don't want to give him a reason to hold in and to just, you know, do the thing they do where they work out on the side field somewhere. They want to get this thing done. And the easiest and the fastest way to do it is to say adios number 10 and then back up the Brinks truck for Debo. Can you imagine the image if Debo is holding out and Jimmy reports and it's <laughs> Jimmy on the sideline throwing passes to Debo and they're just off by themselves doing that? Like that would be terrible right? for the 49ers. Then, then, God, that's just a bad look, right? Then you got Debo and, and Jimmy working out, and Jimmy's in his ear like, hey, man, they're not taking care of you. You busted your ass for this team last year. You were a running back. You took those extra hits, that putt. Like, no, 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 no. I want no part of that. 
do the smart thing here. And I think that they will. I think, right, like you you don't see a scenario where Jimmy's back. They're not going to let him walk in the building again. They're not going to take the injury risk. Even though we're all talking about it now and whatever, ultimately the Niners are going to do the right thing. Do you agree? If Jimmy forces their hand, they will release him. If Jimmy says that I want my release, but I'll show up and I'll just stay on the sidelines, you know, not really participate. I could see the Niners being stubborn and sticking it through. I think it, ta- I, I think it's going to take Jimmy saying, no, if you don't release me, I'm showing up and earning that job. The weird thing will be if the 49ers try and thread the needle, if they try and say, well, we are doing right by Jimmy Garoppolo by releasing him. We had trades we could have done, but we passed them up to release Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be like, no, you can't say that. It's the end of July. You didn't do right by him at all. If you were going to release him, he could have done it back in February. So yeah, yeah, there's no job out there for Jimmy. There might be a few places he could go and try to earn the starting gig, but there's no possibility of him getting, you know, a two or three year deal of, decent starter money you know say like 20 million a year average where he's brought in as the clear starter there would have been those jobs if he was released right at the start of the new league year right those don't exist anymore his best case scenario is probably seattle on an incentive-laden deal where he can go in and try to earn the gig maybe the giants in a similar manner I just saw a report from Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer or Cleveland.com, I should say, who's the insider of all Browns insiders. And she just has a column that they are not expected to pursue a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Not exactly stunning. Supposedly the Watson suspension is going to be between like two and eight games or four and eight games, something like that. So anyway, they're not doing it for Jimmy G. I love this piece of news from Florio. The 49ers granted Jimmy Garoppolo permission to seek a trade. In March, Mike, got to love it. Never afraid to call out the insiders uh, for what is going on, which I totally agree. And Mike writes, what's going on here? It is, in my assessment, another example of the favor trading in which Schefter engages to ensure that he's at the front of the line for any and all scoops by blasting to his 9.6 million followers. Old news couched as new news with the names of not one, but two agents expressly added to the ensuing social media billboard. Schefter has given Yi and Chow not only free advertising, but also an attempt to resuscitate a trade market that has been, to date, catatonic. Ugh. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is an unprecedented scenario. You have a quarterback that made it to a Super Bowl, made it to another NFC Championship game, who was thrown on the market and everybody goes, no, thanks. We're good. And the team that has him has traded up to get a promising young quarterback. And it said, well, we don't want him either. Somebody take him." Like, what has that ever happened before? I can't think of a scenario at all. It's bizarre, but again, I'm tired of this merry-go-round and I want off. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to the former first round pick. The 49ers signed and we'll wrap this puppy up. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. All right, Levin, I saw a tweet from Brad Graham, the SF 49ers, that said the 49ers have signed a former first-round pick. And at first, I got kind of excited. I was like, Odell Beckham Jr. was a former first-round pick. He's a free agent. That could be kind of a cool thing. You know, he'll rehab. He'll come back right before the playoffs start. Like, that could be cool. But then, thank you, Twitter, people started commenting in about former first-round picks that the 49ers could sign. Just 
horrible names, terrible, nightmare-inducing names. And then I just started to get nervous. I was like, oh, my God, who is this former first-round pick going to be? I, you know, it's a, what disaster are we going to have to talk about? But ultimately, we did get news. Robert Kimdichi, former first-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals, reportedly is the player the 49ers have signed, defensive tackle. He's one of many former first-round picks that basically didn't amount to anything. I don't think this is much to do about anything, Levin. Yeah, I'm sorry. I fell asleep there. Uh, yeah, no. That's mean. Don't don't care. <laughs> Doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> this is a guy, like, saying former first-round pick, when they're saying that about a player that's been in the league for five years, it means you're not very good. Yeah. Because that's the only time it's relevant is when there's nothing else to say about you. And I don't want to rag on him. It's nothing personal. It's just this is training camp fodder signing. This is a guy that probably at draft time they had a decent grade on. They thought he had potential. They're going to say, well, we need training camp bodies. Let's bring him in. Maybe we find some kind of diamond in the rough and he can make the team as way down at the bottom of of the roster. But it, it doesn't make any sense for him to make this roster. They would have signed him a long time ago. and. He's not a special teams player. I looked it up. His career high was last year, 19 snaps on special teams. So he's not going to be able to play on special teams most likely. And you don't have end-of-the-line backups who can't play special teams. This is a guy that only played in nine games last year with Seattle. And, uh, yeah, the Seattle defense is one of the worst in the league. So if you can't crack that one. You're not going to crack this one. People are throwing names out there like OBJ, Eric Flowers. Somebody threw out Cam Newton. I was like, oh, dear God, no. Uh, Somebody threw out RG3, which I was like, hey, at least that's certainly more interesting than Nate damn Sudfeld as the backup quarterback. I would have been happier if it was RG3, to be honest. I would have been happier, but I don't see that one ever happening with the whole reports between Shanahan and him and those two hating each other's guts. Well, the the funny thing was RG3 was on with Mayoko recently and said, oh, you know, I'm good with Kyle Shanahan. I patch things up. I reach out to him every year since, you know, since we moved on. And it's like, yeah, okay, you might have reached out to him, but how many of those years did Shanahan actually hit you back? I bet none. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Seems like a whole Jimmy situation. You know, you might reach out to Kyle, but Kyle's pulling a Jimmy and not responding. <laughs> yeah, see, anybody can reach out to anybody. Hell, I reached out to Steve Young, try and get him on for our 100th episode. Guess what? He hasn't gotten back to me. So, you know, look, I reached out. So I guess that means we're on good terms, right, Levin? You'd probably not bring me on for that episode anyways, because that's oh, what you do with on. all the Hall of Famers. <laughs> that's not true at all. Only some of the Hall of Famers. Or sometimes we talk. Well, I, I've told you, you, you get Steve Young on, and I'm not part of that one. Uh, we're not friends anymore. Look, I'm working. I'm trying. I'm trying to get him on. That was going to be my gift to you because I know you love Steve Young. So I wanted to get Steve Young. That was my goal. I'm working on it, but I can't make any promises. That's all. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. Let me ask you this. What were you doing for me for the 100th episode? That's what I want to know. Showing up? Yeah. Gee, thanks. <laughs> way to way to really pull your weight there, hey. Levin. I'm the uh, outside talent mercenary that you have to attract to come to your network. You're the guy that's stuck here no matter what. 
And now you know why I don't make you part of the interview. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Standard Podcast. Again, please rate, review, follow. Keep them coming. I promise you, if you leave a review, we will read it. I got a few others because people are calling me out for something I said about George Kittle. I'm going to get to those on the Gold Diggers Podcast with Michelle Majuk. I think I do owe George Kittle a little bit of a, an apology, to be honest, which I'm happy to do. By the way, uh, speaking of that show, you have to do what I tweeted you before. Oh, we my God. God. That has to be your your new uh, punishment for a loser. For you, those of you who don't know, their punishment has been a spoonful of mayo between him and Michelle. Three and, spoonfuls. Uh, oh, three. That's rough. But uh, I tweeted at him a video of apparently the quarterback at the University of Kentucky likes to put mayo in his coffee, which pretty much tells you how worthless of a state Kentucky is. <laughs> Not only does he like to do it, we have video of him doing it. His name is Will Levis, and he's just like in a suit in a TV studio somewhere, and he just has a beautiful, perfectly good cup of coffee, and he ruins it. He just reaches for the mayonnaise and squirts it, and not like a little, like, ha-ha, look, I'll do this thing that, you know, is sort of gross, but it's yeah. a small amount. No, like, he puts it in like he's like he's about to eat a footlong from Subway, and he stirs it up, and the mayonnaise is like curdling in the hot coffee. It's so gross, and then he drinks it. Who? How does that even occur to a human being, Levin? Uh, I'll just say you got to be white for that to occur to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> way to bring the show down as we close it out. I was all. It's set. true. It is true. Gross gross that's gonna haunt my dreams forever all right everybody enjoy your thursday don't fall for that national quote-unquote insider bs and we'll talk to you next week